Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Cindy Chavez here. Today is Wednesday, January the 16th, 2019. It's 4 p.m. in New York and 1 p.m. in Los Angeles, 9 p.m. in London, Sydney, Australia. It's 8 a.m. wherever you are in the world. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And I am so pleased that uh, Cindy Chavez is able to rejoin us after having to stay away for a couple of shows. Um, but, uh, I'm pleased, yeah. I'm sure you are. Yeah, you've been through stuff. But uh, no, you were sorely missed. And, and I, I can say that honestly because I did both of the shows solo. And boy, is it a whole lot easier when I'm talking to you than when I'm doing it solo. <laughs> but it all went very well. In fact, I was telling you well. just... Just before the episode, how this morning I was reading from this book that uh, Linda Armstrong had recommended, Into the Magic Shop, a really cool book. So I have to say that one was actually a lot easier than the one yesterday. But even still, it's great to have you back. Thank you. It's great to be back. It's great to be back. And uh, it's so funny that <clears throat> you just mentioned that book. I had never heard of it before. Mm-hmm. And it sounds wonderful. It does. Uh, it? I have to put it on my reading list. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I, I was I was impressed because it's written like it's fiction, but it's very clearly factual. It's clearly what actually happened to him, but it's written like you know, like Tom Sawyer or something like that. It, it's so cool to read. It's fun. <laughs> well, we talk about this all the time on a lot of different levels, and that is the art and the magic of storytelling. Right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, we're always talking about checking yourself for your story and how powerful our stories are and so i love that it's written that way it's uh, that helps it move up a notch on my list right? absolutely oh yeah i agree <laughs> with you so many books on my list but i want to read this one now <laughs> this is good this is going to be worth your time you're going to love it I, I i promise you i know that we got uh i got good reviews this morning from people who are enjoying hearing me read to them i think i think it was shelly actually who said that uh it was like having somebody read a bedtime story which was kind of fun <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, it's so funny because I, when, like, I never listen to audiobooks because I fall asleep. Okay. Like, I, when I, my brain just, I just, so bedtime stories work on different levels, you know? <laughs> I guess so. But it's funny because reading at, reading is something I like to do before bedtime, but I have to be reading. So I read to my husband because oh, no he loves audiobooks. Oh, wow. And so often we'll read fiction, uh-huh. uh, and that's how we'll read it, is that I'll read to him. He's oh, that's a great cool. listener, and in, interspersed in the reading, we'll discuss, you know, <laughs> we have our own thoughts. So, yeah, Louise you know how I... that is. It take, sometimes it can take us a while to get through a book. Well, yeah, but, no uh, kidding. <laughs> we know how that is. <laughs> but, yeah, Louise and I like to do the same thing. We, we haven't done it in a while, but... Uh, Back in the day when the Harry Potter books were coming out, we were reading the Harry Potter books to each other. It was like a regular nightly ritual for a long time. And it's fun. Yeah. It's great when you do Isn't that. Isn't it spouse. great? It's so yeah. great. When we were first together, we read a book called The Time Traveler's Wife. Mm. And it later got made into a movie. But the, the book, the movie could never do the book justice. The book is still on my list of probably top three best fiction books I wow. ever read. It was incredible. And I had already read it, so I wanted him to have the experience because it's so good and the the way the book is written is it's written in two voices her voice and his voice so the chapters go back and forth so he read to me when it was in the the husband's voice and i read to him when it was in the wife's voice and it was really awful (laughs) when it got to the tearjerker parts because they were always written by her and so i'm reading it sniffling and my voice is shaking and i thought boy talk about being vulnerable right yeah right it was still one of the best memories i have so storytelling is a wonderful thing it is (laughs) it is i think it is as much fun for the storyteller as it is for the person um, listening to the story. Because the storyteller gets to really, it's kind of like being an actor in a sense. You get to play roles and do voices and things like that. And that's yeah. <laughs> Right. So it's interesting because we're reading Neville and the chapter that we're reading today from the, Your Faith is Your Fortune is chapter five titled, Who Am I? And that right away brings me into the idea of, of identity and of storytelling because, you know, it's like, what's your story? What is our story? Because whatever true. our story is, that's what we're going to start experiencing. Did, Everything did we, that 
is did, connected. Did we finish the fourth chapter? Maybe, I believe we did. Maybe we did. I, I, I had a marked one, perhaps. We can, I'm not really let sure. Let me see. <laughs> I thought we finished it. I, I'll go with that because I don't really know. I mean, I am known for marking my pages <laughs> wrong. It is not... It is not out of the realm of possibility for for me to mark the pages wrong. So, yeah, we'll go with who am I. That's fine. I, I said well, that today was fishing chapter four. Where but. was your page marked? I had it marked. Well, this is what happens when I skip a podcast. I forget. Well, in, a, <laughs> in our little compendium here, I had it marked on page 55, which is halfway through uh, the previous chapter. But I could okay. be wrong. I didn't put a marker there, so I'm happy to go back to where... Um, to where you have it marked and start from there. Why not? Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm all right with that. We'll just kind of you okay. know, go back in the Wayback Machine, that's all. Yes, so, that's it. Just we're going to rewind a little bit. That's right. And um, and see where we are in Chapter 4. Let's see. So where do we pick so, up on it? You uh, can give me an idea. I will start there. There's no obvious place to start. <laughs> His, his thought process gets quite continuous here. Well, we had talked about this section on the previous page. There are no ascended masters. Spanish is superstition. We talked about that, didn't we? Yes, yes we I, did. I think we did. So the next section. Okay. Yes. Now it's all coming back to me now. Uh, okay. Uh, that may actually be right where we ended. Oh, all right. Well, then let's uh, assume that we did. And I like that idea, and I remember you saying that you really liked that idea. <laughs> uh, you know, the idea that we're that we're all learning, and that we're all responsible for our own experience. Right. And I love that he says, uh, "There are no ascended masters. Banish this superstition." <laughs> he he says, "You'll ever." forever rise from one level of consciousness, which he says in parentheses, master. So that's interesting. Is He is saying that the what we call the ascended masters are just levels of consciousness, and that makes a lot of sense. Because mm -hmm. when I think of someone talking about ascended masters, the first one I think of is Jesus. Yeah, that makes sense. Right? Sure, especially in Western culture. Right. And, I mean, you you know, the idea that Jesus was an ascended, an ascended master. And mm -hmm. so... Neville would say that Jesus is just a consciousness level, yes. which he would call the Christ consciousness, right. which we hear also. So he says, there are no ascended masters. Banish this superstition. You will forever rise from one level of consciousness or master to another. In so doing, you manifest the ascended level, expressing this newly acquired consciousness. Consciousness being Lord and master. You are the master magician Conjuring that which you are now conscious of being. That's so cool. Master magician. I've, re I've read a book this morning, Into the Magic Shop, and now he's referring to a master magician. That's cool. <laughs> right. And, and it's so funny. I was just on the phone with somebody right before the podcast, and I was telling them that, um, that there's a magic shop near my house. Oh, no kidding. And we were talking about it. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so it was, it was really funny. <laughs> then to, to appear and have you say, oh, look at this book, Into the Magic Shop. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. This is just crazy stuff. I, I was uh, commenting on a Facebook post. Uh, the person was asking a question about, what was the question? Something like, um, is, it, does, do we think that coincidence and what was the other thing? Coincidence and something else. She was asking if they were the same thing. And in the course of 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 uh, answering her, I, I told her basically, I don't think there's any such thing as coincidence, which is funny for me to say because I used to think there was, but I'm now convinced that there is no such thing, and that even if there's no apparent connection, there's always some connection somewhere. You just if you if you can dig deeply enough, you can find it, but it, but finding it can often be difficult. So there I am answering that in a way that says there's no such thing as coincidence, and now we're talking about. You had a, a re reference with a magic shop, and I had a book that I was reading about magic and or a magic shop, and now we're reading about a master magician, and I'm saying, this is crazy. I mean, I know it's yeah. all connected together, <laughs> but it's just crazy. And and look how it just went bang, 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 bang. It, I mean, it's clearly law of attraction. 
but wow. I don't believe that anything is random, and I don't believe in in coincidence in the sense that it's just coincidence. Just means that two things coincided; they happened at the same time, mm-hmm. or they had. You know, it's, oh, it's just a coincidence, is the way you usually hear it. Right. It doesn't have any meaning, right? But the idea of a meaningful coincidence is a synchronicity. That's right. And I see them happen so often that I just don't see that there's any randomness about it. And if we can learn to sort of be aware of them and pay attention, I don't know. It makes life a lot of fun. It does make <laughs> life a lot of fun. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> but but more than that, I, I think that when we adopt the idea that there is no such thing as just a coincidence, and I like the way you said that, that's the same moment that we begin to make it easier for ourselves to start connecting together what are seemingly disparate events and start noticing yeah. the, the, the coincidences, noticing the correlations, noticing the similarities between them. And the more we notice them, right. the more we begin to realize there really aren't any just coincidences. There are a lot of similarities right. that go on. Yeah, right. there I mean, are a it's lot. Just, it's amazing. The thing about synchronicity is that they're happening all the time. Mm. We just sometimes aren't aware of them, but right. they're always there, yep. right? Because they just have to do with alignment, which is something we talk about all the time in, in, you know, talking about the way we attract things. We attract what we're aligned to. And that's why the identity piece here is so important because mm-hmm. it's that story that we're telling again. Yep. So, so, so Neville says, for God, and in parentheses, he says consciousness. So again, <laughs> there it is, right? the Neville decoder ring, when he talks about uh, God, he's talking about consciousness mm-hmm. and or our imagination. Mm-hmm. And he says, for God, consciousness, call it those things which be not as though they were. Things that are not now seen will be seen the moment you become conscious of being that which is not now seen. So the being part here, you know, it's such a small word that seems sort of insignificant in the sentence, but it's actually very significant because you notice he says things that are not now seen will be seen the moment you become conscious of being that which is now not seen. So our being is our I am story. It's such such an inverted sentence. I mean, you have to do a lot of mental flip-flops to make sense out of this sentence. Things that are not now seen will be seen the moment you become conscious of being that which is not now seen. Whoa. And I think it's because (laughs) he keeps using these scriptures out of the King James version of the Christian Bible that has a very flowery language that we don't use anymore. Right. And then he tries to put his own spin on it, and it's just like mind-boggling sometimes. But actually what he's saying, I think, is can be boiled down a lot more simply than okay. <laughs> the way he's saying it, right? It's like the things that you're not seeing, and when he says not seeing, I believe he's talking about actual physical evidence in our, you know, experience. Like like a number of dollars in the bank account, right? Like something that we can measure or like a relationship in your life that you don't see right now or a quality of relationship you don't see or a level of health that you're not experiencing, like in real life, the way we often say, well, it's not really, it's not really what's happening. Right. Mm -hmm. He says that the moment you become conscious of being that, you know, being the owner of that, being the person that is experiencing that. So when you bring your consciousness to that level, then you'll then you will see it. Then it will be happening in your environment, in yeah. your experience. And that that's a good translation. I I can buy into that one because you've you've effectively eliminated all the confusing neg- negations and those negations. When you get them out of the way, it, it becomes a lot clearer. Yeah, it's like I didn't see it before, but because I now have a consciousness of being, I can see it now. Yes, okay, right. I I can get that. That makes more sense. Yeah, and I love that you made that note about negations because I remember when we took some sentences that were written in the negative and we just took the time to flip them around into the positive and they suddenly become so clear. So (laughs) that's important. Especially since the the universe doesn't understand negation anyway. So, I mean, why are we dealing with negation? (laughs) Neither does the subconscious. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. It's like my husband said to me last night, we're having a conversation about something and he said, don't think of a pink elephant. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) 
right? What do you? What does everybody picture? Of course, the very first thing, the pink elephant. Because our subconscious does not hear the don't or the not. Right. So Neville says this rising from one level of consciousness to another is the only ascension that you will ever experience. No man can lift you to the level you desire. The power to ascend is within yourself. It is your consciousness. You appropriate the consciousness of the level you desire to express by claiming that you are now expressing such a level. This is the ascension. It's limitless, for you will never exhaust your capacity to ascend. Turn from the human superstition of ascension with its belief in masters and find the only and everlasting master within yourself. Far greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Believe this. Do not continue in blindness following after the mirage of masters. I assure you, your search can only end in disappointment. And then he says, if you deny me, and me is capitalized and parenthesized your awareness of being, I shall deny you also. <laughs> Thou shalt have no other God besides me. Be still and know that I am God. So again, the Neville decoder ring. He is, he is communicating very clearly here that his definition of God is our own consciousness. And okay. he's using scripture verses to back that up, which yep. may or may not feel congruent to whatever your own personal beliefs and definitions are. But this is Neville. By the way, um, I want to, to make notice something that I had overlooked before because we were so engaged in what we were talking about. I hadn't taken a moment to see what people were saying in the comments. Back when we were talking about magic and magicians, Jamie made a really funny comment. She says, I say I'm part ninja and part magician. A ninja. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, Jamie. That's cute. I'm a ninja. I like that a lot. <laughs> I like it. Very good. Okay, so let's see. He goes on to quote from the Psalm 4610. Come prove me and see if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And then he says, do you believe that the I am is able to do this. So again, you could replace that with, do you believe that your imagination is able to do this? Mm -hmm. Do you believe that your consciousness is able to do this? Yeah, that clarifies it when you say it that way. Mm -hmm. He says, then claim me, and me is capitalized, to be that which you want to see poured out. Claim yourself to be that which you want to be and that you shall be. Not because of masters will I give it unto you, but because you have recognized me, yourself, to be that. I will give it unto you, for I am all things to all. Jesus would not permit himself to be called good master. He knew that there is but one good and one master, and he knew this one to be his father in heaven, the awareness of being. The kingdom of God, in parentheses, he says good, and the kingdom of heaven are within you. Your belief in masters is a confession of your slavery. Oh, I like Only that. Only slaves have masters. Oh, I like that so much. <laughs> I like that. That just that resonates with me on so many different levels. I really like that. Hmm. Did I mention that I like that? It's a that? <laughs> very powerful statement. Right? Mm. Your belief in masters is a confession of your slavery. Only slaves have masters. Yeah, that's very good. Very, very good. And, you know, the, the first thing that comes into my mind when I read that sentence is the idea of resistance. Mm. Right. And, and resistance being a form of bondage. So the slaves were bound, right? Mm -hmm. And resistance is like we're tied up with it sometimes. Right. We can't get free and we can't have abundance because we're resisting so much because yeah. there's a block and it's like mm -hmm. this makes a lot of sense it really when does you look at it that way yeah because we're we're talking about consciousness here and there's so many metaphors that neville's using but this is a powerful one 
He I was, says no, I, was noticing, I, I was noticing that too when uh, you were reading like that previous paragraph. Jesus would not per- permit himself, and even the paragraph before that, there's a lot of reference to Jesus permitting himself, good master, the kingdom of God, and all of that is metaphorical. And it's hard right. to remember that sometimes, but it's right. all metaphorical in the way he's presenting yeah. it. Boy, you sometimes need to I feel like I go back to that a lot, but I think it's so important to remember that we're not talking about historical figures we're right. not we're not talking about you know anything in the physical but we are talking about consciousness yeah. or neville is talking about consciousness exactly yeah and we are discussing consciousness with neville so very interesting very now let me see where we are um you just read you about are told, you are told in the book of numbers that there was a time when men were in their own eyes as grasshoppers, and because of this conception of themselves, they saw giants in the land. This is as true of man today as it was in the day it was recorded. Man's conception of himself is so grasshopper-like that he automatically makes the conditions around him appear gigantic. In his blindness, he cries out for masters to help him fight his giant problems. Jesus tried to show man that salvation was within himself and warned him not to look for his Savior in places or people. If anyone should come saying, look here or look there, believe him not, for the kingdom of heaven is within you. Jesus not only refused to permit himself to be called good master, he warned his followers, salute no man along the highway and greet no man along the way. He made it clear that they should not recognize any authority or superior other than God the Father. Jesus established the identity of the Father as man's awareness of being. I and my Father are one, but my Father is greater than I. I am one with all that I'm conscious of being. I am greater than that which I am aware of being. The Creator is ever greater than His creation. So again, Neville's using these metaphors, but he's very clearly telling us that the creator is within us right? and that it is our consciousness. And once again, you really need need that decoder ring to go through and and replace all (laughs) of the nouns in there to understand what the heck he's talking about. Because otherwise, in some ways, it sounds similar to traditional Christian doctrine. You know, if if you don't read it carefully, that's what it sounds like. But it's not when you understand his context. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Right. So he continues with his verses that he's using as object lessons here. He says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. The serpent symbolizes man's present conception of himself as a worm of the dust, living in the wilderness of human confusion. Just as Moses lifted himself from his worm-of-the-dust conception of himself to discover God to be his awareness of being, I am, hath sent me, so must you be lifted up. The day you claim, as Moses did, I am that I am, that day your claim will blossom in the wilderness. Your awareness is the master magician who conjures all things by being that which he would conjure. This Lord and Master that you are, can and does, make all that you are conscious of being appear in your world. So again, awareness, consciousness, imagination, those are the, (laughs) are they separate? I guess they're separate, but they are all interconnected. Our awareness of our consciousness and we're using our imagination as the tool. Mm -hmm. Yep. No man, manifestation, he says, cometh unto me, save my father, draw him, and I and my father are one. Okay, do we no need, a, do we need another entry in the, in the uh, glossary of, of Neville decoder ring lore? No man, parentheses, manifestation? Yeah. <laughs> in this particular verse, in this particular verse anyway, um, because I think we could, I think we could replace the word man with a lot of things. Uh, and manifestation sort of covers it all. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, no person comes to us, no uh, no experience comes to us, no opportunity comes to us. Um, nothing comes our way unless our consciousness attracts it, mm-hmm. right? 
I mean, that's what it sounds like he's saying to me. It is. Yeah. No man cometh unto me, save my father draw him, and I and my father are one. He's already told us, my father is my awareness. Mm-hmm. And your so consciousness. So nothing comes my way unless my consciousness is bringing it to me. So to do a further uh, uh, repl- word replacement, no manifestation <laughs> comes into me, except when my oh. imagination draws it in. Wow. <laughs> or, I like I like the idea of consciousness level, though, and the reason why is because it's easy to say that some things come my way that I've never imagined. Mm-hmm. But there is some kind of correlation between my level of consciousness and what I experience. Mm-hmm. And the same thing can come my way and your way, and if we have different levels of consciousness, we'll experience it differently. So... Our level of consciousness, and we've talked about this before, those emotional levels, the energy levels, the consciousness levels, the very bottom one being victim consciousness, like I don't have any power over anything. Everything's just happening to me, all the way up to what we would call, especially reading Neville, the Christ consciousness, which is I have power over everything, and I'm creating everything, and I can create whatever I want. Most of us live somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most of us more to the bottom scale. <laughs> the uh, the average resonating level of energy of Earth is probably closer to a two or three than it is to seven. But mm-hmm. but I think that Neville is showing us here. The, the things that come our way, whether they're people or opportunities or experiences, they are, they're coming because our level of consciousness is calling them to come to us yeah. in some way. Right. That's, that's essentially it. And by the way, uh, uh, we have a, actually a, a relatively new listener that's a, rec- a name I don't recognize, R.A. Um, R.A. Tory says, he asked me specifically, am I a Jesuit? And the answer is no, I'm not. <laughs> I, I, I think you're probably drawing that from the conversation Sydney and I just had about how you have to do these right. word, word trans, transpositions and replacements and so forth. I'm not a Jesuit. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a person who once was a Christian who no longer considers himself to be a Christian. But I have some background in it because I went through Sunday school and I've read the Bible cover to cover and I've I've done uh, re- religious study programs at times in college, so I, I have some background with it. But am I a Jesuit? No, absolutely not. I'm not a Jesuit. Right, and that that's the thing I'm constantly um, going back and giving our disclaimer is that it's not we're not a Christian podcast, and yeah, right. one of us are <laughs> Christians, and it's just we're reading Neville. Right, and Neville was Neville considered himself a Christian mystic, and so he uses. Christian verses from the Christian Bible all the time, and yet he has a very esoteric definition of what he is saying all exactly. of the time, which we're always going back and saying, okay, but remember that when when Neville says father, he, he's talking about your imagination. So mm-hmm. that's that's what we joke about, the Neville decoder ring. So I hope that clears it up for you, R.A., because I can understand. I mean, if I, were, <laughs> if I walked in on this one, I'd be wondering myself, so I understand. Right? Yeah, no, it's, I'm, I'm actually thankful for the question and the opportunity to clarify that. Um, so Neville says, don't be embarrassed to make this claim. Only as you claim, I am Christ, will you do the works of Christ. The works I do, ye shall do also, and greater works than these shall you do. For I go unto my Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do, because I go to the Father. He made himself equal with God and found it not robbery to do the works of God. So, again, with the Neville decoding, right, it's like the works I do, you can do these works too. And you'll do even greater things than you're seeing me do, Mm -hmm. because I go to my imagination. Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he he capitalizes me, and he uses, Neville uses me as another metaphor for the I am or the creator within our awareness of our consciousness, our imagination. So when he uses these verses, you know, it's like, truly I say unto you that if you believe in yourself, (laughs) if you believe in your own consciousness, 
then these miracles that I'm doing, you'll do them too. I mean, that's basically the way that's he's it. interpreted. Which is, which is actually pretty cool when you think about it. That, that's a very cool thing to say. It, I mean, it may not be traditional Christian doctrine, but it, it's a cool concept. It's basically saying, right. well, hey, this is a power we all have. And that right. is great. That's a wonderful thing to know right. about. Because that is <laughs> literally empowering. Exactly. And he says here, um, Jesus knew that anyone who dared to claim himself to be Christ would automatically assume the capacities to express the works of his conception of Christ. Jesus also knew that the exclusive use of this principle of expression was not given to him alone, which is what you were just saying. Right. What we were just saying is that, yes. look, this isn't just for me. Like, we all have this power. Um, he constantly referred to his Father in heaven. He stated that his works would not only be equaled, but that they would be surpassed by the man who dared to conceive himself to be greater than he, Jesus, had conceived himself to be. Jesus, in stating that he and his father were one, but that his father was greater than he, revealed his awareness, or father, to be one with that which he was aware of being. So again, he is likening this word father and his father to be his consciousness. Exactly. He found himself as father or awareness to be greater than that which he as Jesus was aware of being. You and your conception of yourself are one. This kind of goes back again to one of the things that even when we're not discussing Neville, we discuss a lot, and that is your conception of yourself, your identity story, or your I am story, the story that you tell about yourself. One of the ideas that I really like is, well, if you go look for a movie and you read the description of the main character and it's just going to be a paragraph, you know, if you had to write a paragraph about yourself in that form, like your life was a movie, whatever's going on in your life right now, what would that little paragraph say? Because mm -hmm. whatever you think that paragraph would say, that's that's your story that you're telling about yourself, right? And that story is so important because we, we, this is what we know from just standard LOA theory, you know, Abraham theory and so forth, is that the story that you tell yourself literally controls and directs what you're going to manifest in your life. And until we're willing to take control of that story, until we're willing to say, yes, I am responsible for all the times that I tell that story and that responsibility is what leads to the various things that show up in my life, until that happens, we're still that slave referring to that master that he was talking about a few moments ago. We're still trapped. That's right. We're still stuck. We have to come to recognition and come to grips with the fact that we really are creators. And that that creation process is completely dependent on the story we tell about ourselves. Yeah, completely. Yeah. And that's why that's why that's such an interesting statement. Just that sentence, you and your conception of yourself are one. Yeah. And, and I would even say you and all of the things that you experience. Mm, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make it more confusing. I mean, well, and that's... That's why it's so hard. That's why we build so many assumptions, mm -hmm. uh, because we can only look at things through the lens of what we personally have experienced. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we have this story that we tell about ourselves, and it's so easy to say, but this is true. I know <laughs> because I experienced it. I keep experiencing all these terrible things happening to me. And therefore, I have to tell you that I keep experiencing all these terrible things that happen to me. <laughs> well, you know, that's the thing is that we we do live in a world where we are always going to experience contrast. Mm. Right? And so we have to be careful that that contrast doesn't become our whole story. Exactly. That's the point. Because even though I know I'm going to experience contrast, I don't want it to be... The, uh, the overbearing thing I'm experiencing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right? in, in just normal, if, take away law of attraction theory and how all this stuff works. Just go at like basic um, therapeutic concepts. You, know, you don't want to be in the place of living in, I am a victim, I am a victim, I am a victim. I am right. always, uh, you know, I'm always cheated upon. I am always poor. I am always unemployed. I am always, I am always, I am always. You don't want to be in that. That's just not a good place to right. be in. 
And what right. we're what we're talking about here, of course, goes even beyond that because it also controls directly what manifests in your life. But just on a very basic level, who wants to live like that? Nobody right. would. And yet, you know, I've known people that, you know, I heard somebody say one time, if you were to have someone follow you around for 10 days and write down everything you said, and if they could know what you were thinking as well, write down your thoughts and everything you said, once they could go back through and pull out like the top 10 things you say over and over, <laughs> that those are like the programs that basically run your life. Yeah. And I know somebody who said, and I heard them say this so many times that, I mean, that's why I'm thinking of it now when I think of that person, right? Because I've heard them say it a lot. And this was the statement. Nothing ever works out for me. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I recognize that we've all been in a place where we felt like that. Oh, right? yeah. And that's why this is so important that we recognize we've got to change the story. Mm. <laughs> we've got to change it because if that's my conception of myself, that nothing ever works out for me, well, <laughs> nothing's ever going to work out. Yeah, I mean, how and could it? And when it does, I'll think it's a fluke, right? That's and right. I'll say, well, <laughs> that was an accident. And you'll dismiss <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's never going to happen again. <laughs> right? So Neville says, you are and always will be greater than any conception you will ever have of yourself. So what does he mean by that? Well, I think he means that our consciousness, it's always going to be more powerful than the conceptions that we have of ourselves. Even when we have a great story, we still have the power for it to be better. Like, we can always, he said earlier, something like, you know, the ascension never stops. Like, you can always be in the process of moving up into another level of consciousness. And I think that that is nature's nature. (laughs) (laughs) You know, gardens want to grow, right? We We have an expansive nature where we're always wanting to do more, do better, um, we have a curiosity within us that wants to know more and experience more. And so I think that's what he's talking about. Do you have an idea of that? When he says you are you are and always will be greater than any conception you will ever have of yourself? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what he's trying to say there, but my my guess is that he's driving at the fact that we are all connected and that we are all uh, made from source energy and we are source energy. And as long as that's the case then that connectedness is going to give us more power than we feel like we individually have. And it's going to take us to places we can barely even imagine. But it's ours to create from. And, and that's what I think he yeah. means when he, when he says that. I think you're hitting the nail on the head. I love this idea of source energy that we are. You know, he says, you are and always will be greater than any conception you will ever have of yourself. And I get this paraphrase of him looking each of us in the eye and saying, you can't even conceive how powerful you are. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. That's it. In a nutshell. So he says, man fails to do the works of Jesus Christ because he attempts to accomplish them from his present level of consciousness. (laughs) So doing the the, uh, translation... He fails to do the works of a Jesus level of consciousness because he attempts to accomplish them from his present level of consciousness. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. Ugh. And and then, this is really great. He says, you'll never transcend your present accomplishments through sacrifice and struggle. And I think it's really a wonderful thing to think about that because we've talked about this before. So often when we want to accomplish something, the very first thought in our mind or question is how, how do I do this? What do I need to do? Which is fine. It's fine. We are Mm -hmm. doing, we are people that do. Right. But often this idea of sacrifice and struggle has been programmed into us from the time we're little. There's a funny thing too. The word doing or action, which are kind of interchangeable in, in most people's minds. Abraham talks about the same thing. Abraham Hicks. They talk about, uh, rather than doing or taking action, what you really need to do is change your thought process, which always, and I've, I've said this before, it always struck me as being kind of funny because to me, changing my thought process is doing. It is taking action. So so I have to remember, they're using the words doing and action in a very specific way. 
They're saying right. take doing or taking action without aligning, without going through the thought process first. Right. That's what they're really talking about. And I think Neville's doing the same thing here, too. He's, he's talking about it in terms of not going through the process before you do. Right. You know, a lot of times in coaching, we talk about inner work and outer work. Mm-hmm. So there's the outer work that's external action. It's I pick up the phone, I pick up a pencil, you know, I, I, right. I, I go work out, I do whatever it is that's, that's moving me towards my goal, but it's a, like a physical outward action. And then there's the inner work, which we can do without moving. You know, it doesn't look like we're, but like you said, it's still a doing kind of thing. It is. We're changing our level of consciousness when we do that. Mm-hmm. That's the doing there. That's the inner work. Right. And you're so right. The inner work has to do with alignment mm-hmm. and beliefs. And if we try to do the outer work without alignment, without doing the inner work, I've heard people say success is an inside game. You know, it's a, it's all inner work. Well, it's because when we try to do the outside work without the alignment, it is a struggle. And it is a sacrifice. And this is where Abraham says no amount of action will ever take the place of alignment. And it will always feel like struggle, too. I think Neville and Abraham are on the same uh, page here. Absolutely. Absolutely. He says your present level of consciousness will only be transcended as you drop the present state and rise to a higher level. You rise to a higher level of consciousness By taking your attention away from your present limitations and placing it upon that which you desire to be. Do not attempt this in daydreaming or wishful thinking, but in a positive manner. Claim yourself to be the thing desired. I am that. No sacrifice, no diet, no human tricks. All that's asked of you is to accept your desire. If you dare claim it, you will express it. Interesting thoughts there. Very interesting. And and I want to add something, too. This actually goes back to uh, an example that he gave about a couple pages back where where he was talking about the example of the grasshopper. I think it was actually in the, the previous chapter. But Didi made a really interesting comment, and I just saw the comment. I wanted to make sure I shared it because I think she really hit something very important here. She said, yes, we have to really examine our own story. Are we telling the grasshopper story first person? Is everyone except us a giant? Anyone who tells the story of being a grasshopper garners nothing but pity eventually. And who prefers pity over respect? I thought that was a really insightful comment. That was very good. It is insightful because that's that victim level of energy. Yeah. Right? Very of good. like, poor me, I'm this little grasshopper and everyone else is a giant. Mm-hmm. Ties right it's back into what we it, talked about, the, the slave and the master concept. The moment you talk with somebody else right. being a master, you're making yourself a slave. It's the same concept. I yeah. like it. And you know what? Just to say, if you're in that place right now where you're feeling like that, it's a human condition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we've all been there at oh, some yeah. point or another. And so, so what do we do? Well, Neville's telling us right here that we will transcend that level of consciousness as we drop it to rise to a higher level. And one of the ways that we can drop that victim energy is to allow ourselves to move up that scale a little bit at a time. And part of it is recognizing that everyone is doing the best they can. And that includes you, Mm -hmm. right? So it's everyone's doing the best they can. Exactly. And, that just that belief alone will help to move you up the scale a little bit. It does. Um, yeah. So Neville says he gives some verses. He says, meditate on these. The first one, I rejoice not in the sacrifices of men. Uh, then he says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. Ask and you shall receive. And come eat and drink without price. And all of those things are interesting because they're giving us the same message of alignment first, right? Yes, it's exactly. not by mind or power. It's like no amount of action or struggle. Just get aligned. There That's it is. the by my spirit part. Like get aligned first 
And then you will be inspired to take action that will actually have some benefit and not just be a struggle. <laughs> well, more than that, uh, not only will it be a benefit, it'll be a benefit to us because it, it'll be stuff that we enjoy doing. I mean, that's really the yeah, ultimate kind of process. action. Yeah, it's that, yeah, that's, yeah. That's the best kind of action to take is the kind that's fun, the kind that is enjoyable, yeah. that makes us feel better, that makes us feel good. Like, yay, I can't wait to do that one again, you know? That's that's the whole point. Think of, if you want to understand what that's like, because everybody's experienced it, is thinking of anything that you do um, or have done where you lose track of time. So, like, that happens to us in the podcast a lot. Because we're having a good time, and it'll be like, oh, wow, we're five minutes away. You <laughs> yeah, know, we're right. almost <laughs> to the end, right? Some of the other things, personally, that I can think of, are when I'm drawing or painting or writing. Sometimes I'll go into write and all of a sudden, oh my goodness, two hours have gone by and I just, it was like a blink. I, I literally, I walked past my husband as he was turning on a movie and I said, I just need to write something really quickly and I walked into my office. When I came out, it was a movie I'd seen before. It was the end of the movie and I said, did you, did you fast forward? this and he said no i said i've been in my office for two hours <laughs> he said well it was a two-hour movie and it's <laughs> i was actually gonna watch it with him but that didn't happen oh well I was like 20 feet from him and i was typing away because i love what i what i was doing and it was in i was inspired to write it right that's why i went in there because right. it was inspired action it wasn't like a drudgery so if you can think of things that you've done where you just completely lost track of time and it doesn't always mean it's playing it can be something that that goes into the work category too but if it's enjoyable and inspired that's kind of a symptom of that sometimes oh clearly because i mean that may have qualified as work but you were into it you were so into it you lost <laughs> track of time <laughs> so so neville says the works are finished all that's required of you to let these qualities into expression is the claim, I am that. Claim yourself to be that which you desire to be and that you shall be. Expressions follow the impressions. They do not precede them. Proof that you are will follow the claim that you are. It will not precede it. That's really interesting. Um, I was thinking about this the other day, that he made a similar statement in an earlier book where he said, signs follow and i thought of the concept that florence scovelshin talks about driftwood which seems to be um an opposite statement so florence scovelshin talks about driftwood as that when when sailors are getting close to land they mm -hmm. will see driftwood okay. and birds right when, when, when you can't see the horizon of that thing that you're wanting to create, and she says, when you start seeing little synchronicities even, that those are driftwood, and that the thing that you're wanting is on its way, it's coming. And that sounds like signs are proceeding. Like, oh, I get a little, you know, I have a little sign. It's getting closer. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's... I don't think it's at odds with what Neville is saying because there's a beginning to Florence's work and that is the consciousness part. That's the inner work. So the inner work of belief happens and then some signs follow that. So expressions follow impressions. And when you have that inner impression, you'll start to see some expressions outwardly. And that's the proof that will follow the claim that you are, Neville says. I, I think I must be missing something because it sounded like you were you were trying to describe what sounded like a, a contradiction, but I don't see the apparent contradiction. Where was the apparent well, in contradiction? Other words, when when Florence describes it, she'll she'll say that that the signs proceed. Right? In other words, the driftwood. I had a friend tell me that she she went to look at an apartment. And when she went to look at it, it was like absolutely perfect mm -hmm. for her. It had a library and she was a librarian, you know, had all these little things. She was like, Oh my goodness. 
And when she called back about it, the person said, oh, it's already been rented. And she said her reaction was, oh, I'm getting close. <laughs> Instead of, you know, oh, no, you know, I, the thing I wanted isn't coming. Mm -hmm. She saw it as, I'm starting to find places that are exactly like I want. So it's getting close. Okay. And the point I'm making, that would sound like these signs were, you know, coming before. But the signs are, what they follow is our inner work. Yeah. Okay. Now I get what you're saying. Yes. I understand now. You, 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 were, you were saying on the one hand, it seems like the signs come first. And the other hand, it seems they come second. And now I get what you're saying. Okay. Right? So the, the sign, you may start seeing signs that come before your big manifestation. Mm -hmm. You may see what she calls driftwood. You may see synchronicities that seem like, oh, my goodness, like I'm getting all these signs. I know it's coming, this thing I've been working on. And so it seems like they're preceding the big manifestation, but, but actually they're following your inner work. Yes. They're following whatever you've claimed in consciousness. So. And I've always, always found that to be a very helpful idea because you're right. Most often society as a whole treats signs as if they come before the thing. But in actuality, that's never the case. Even those who are proposing the idea that the sign is indicating something to come, really, many of them aren't actually even saying that. I mean, you often get that with like psychics or whatever. Somebody asks the psychic, what's going to happen? Well, here's a sign of this thing happening. And so the, right. the, the recipient of the psychic reading says, oh, well, that means this sign means this thing is coming. But that's not what it means. <laughs> that's where the confusion comes in. Because you're right. I think the uh, sign indicates what's already, what we've already been thinking about or focusing on or think, or, you know, in some way connected to. Yes. So, so the sign, the little signs, it may actually be a herald of the thing to come. You know, I see the driftwood and I, that means I'm getting close to land, mm -hmm. but I'm seeing the driftwood because of where I am in consciousness. Right. Yeah. Right. Cause I know I'm on the boat heading in the right direction. <laughs> That's why whenever I see somebody posting on, on one of the Facebook groups, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm seeing like one 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 two 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 five five five. Is that a sign of something? And I'm saying to myself, you're asking the wrong question. <laughs> you're just you're not looking at this thing right. You're you're saying, oh, if I see numbers, it's telling me of something that's going to come. No, it's telling you something you've already been through. Go back, make the connection. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So let's see. So so Neville says expressions follow the impressions. They do not precede them. Proof that you are will follow the claim that you are. It will not precede it. Leave all and follow me is a double invitation to you. First, it invites you to completely turn away completely from all problems. And then it calls upon you to continue walking in the claim that you are that which you desire to be. Do not be a Lot's wife who looks back and becomes salted or preserved in the dead past. Be a Lot who does not look back, but who keeps his vision focused upon the promised land the thing desired. Do this and you will know that you have found the master, the master magician, making the unseen the seen through the command, I am that. The master magician or the the, the magician <laughs> or, or the ma magic ninja, I guess it was. The magic ninja. <laughs> <laughs> the, nin the ninjician. The ninjician, yeah. is that what it was? Okay. <laughs> Right. I can't remember what Jamie said, but it was good. Something like, yeah. It was a good connection, however you put it together. It was fine. It was. I'm interested if anybody has any ideas or comments or things that Oh, are you kidding? People have been commenting like crazy here. And it, it's like, where, where do you want to start? Um, I mean, let's see. Didi says, Neville says that creation is finished. The works are finished. There is nothing we can ask of God that is not already done. All we have to do is claim it. And we shall see it expressed in our lives. So that re reiterating what we had talked about a previous time, actually, and also just read um, the idea that it's all finished. And I, I, I have to admit, I, I still challenge that concept a little bit. I understand it. I understand what they're saying. But I also understand what infinity means. And I say to myself, infinity means that it's not finished yet. You, you never get there. You never get to the end. <laughs> you know, if it's true that every that every potential possibility is already finished, well, then my imagination is limited in some way. Yeah, exactly. Like, at least my, 
my knowledge of my own imagination and the scope of it, the potential, the capacity that I have to grasp all of those potentials, I don't have it. Mm. <laughs> At least I don't have it right now today. Right. I can't even imagine all of the things that could be. Uh, so, But we've talked about this before, that if it really is finished and if all those potential possibilities really do already exist, then are we really creating? Neville says we're actually just choosing. He does. That's his claim. Right. We're just choosing which one we want mm-hmm. or which one we're aligned with at the time. We're just making some kind of choice that way. And here's an interesting it's question. An interesting concept. Well, here's an interesting question to go along with it. Is it that everything's already created and that we're, we're uh, just choosing among that which has already been created? Or is the act of choosing what actually does the creating? <laughs> and that's the, I mean, he, he would disagree like with that second Schrodinger's part. Cat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Which is if it, it doesn't exist until we observe it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this stuff will drive you crazy. It really does. <laughs> Let's see. Let's, let's hope not. <laughs> a, a, any other good stuff in here? Uh, Jamie says we experience through the lens of state, but we are greater than any one state. We are all things. Yes. Yes, that's it. And that's what he's talking about when he says that, you know, we can't even conceive. The creator's always more powerful. Like, we'll never stop rising to another level, or at least we have the potential to keep rising to another level. Exactly. (laughs) That's exciting. The DD says, wonderful, Neville the Godfather. (laughs) I love it. Oh, I'm having funny. a lot of fun with the Neville stuff because uh, some of it is some of it's very wide in scope. <laughs> yes, no kidding. <laughs> that was cute, though. I really enjoyed that one. I, I I don't think we have time to get into the next chapter. So, um, well, first of all, that's why I was asking. I, I should actually make sure I get our promos in because I've been forgetting them lately. So I want to make sure I get in here. Um, are you a subscriber to the podcast? If you're not, please become a subscriber. Really easy to do. The links are in most places where this is being published. Uh, if you're listening to the live stream, the links are in the description for the live stream. And if you can't find the links, just go to the homepage of our website, LOAToday.net, and you will be able to find links there for whatever kind of device you have. Just follow the, the step-by-step wizard, and it'll, it'll hook you up and, and subscribe you so that all of the episodes as we create them, come right to your smartphone. And once you're a subscriber, make sure that you're sharing them with people who you think might be interested in them because we want to get more and more people aware of your daily dose of happy. We want people to have that option and that opportunity to feel better. I mean, that's that's the reason why you listen to the show. That's why you listen to the podcast, because it feels better and because you like the topic. So, you know, share it with more people so that more people can have that. And finally, make sure you contact us with... Uh, either through the live stream or even after the fact, if you're listening to the recorded podcast, you know, send us emails, send us Facebook comments, send us tweets. You know, <laughs> we love to have those kinds of contacts, right? I mean, it, doesn't yes. that like make our day whenever we have another email to respond to or another tweet to respond to or something? It, it's just, it's, it's like having the people in the live stream audience when we have those to respond to. It's fun. It's interesting. It is. It's great. So yeah, please yes. do subscribe, share and share your comments because we really do appreciate that. And then, oh, also, because I haven't had you on the show this week, so I have to get this in today. I don't see you again until next Tuesday. How do they reach right. Cindy Chavez, the coach? How do they reach out to you? Well, you can reach out to me uh, through my contact form on my website, cindychavez.com, C-I-N-D-I-E-C-H-A-V-E-Z. Uh, there's a contact form there. I would love to hear from you just if you want to say hello, if you want to inquire about how to work with me, if you want to just give me questions for the podcast or comments, whatever. I just love the conversation. <laughs> I just love to hear from you. Really, really do. It's great. Excellent. And also, you can reach out to us on Twitter or Facebook. Yeah, we're pretty much all over the place on the major media, anyway, yeah. the major social media. I can't say we're on yep. all of them, although we've got some incredible numbers of social media buttons on the website. I have to say that. But <laughs> <laughs> Right, but we do love to hear from you. It makes our day. It's wonderful. It really does. So please reach out. Well, I'm glad. I, I, I was beginning to wonder if I was going to go into Neville withdrawal because we usually do three days of Neville, <laughs> and we only did this one today. So I'm glad we got that in. Uh, but uh, now we have to wait another week to get into it again. But, uh, hey, I, I'm really glad that you're back. I'm, I'm glad that you're feeling good, and I'm looking forward to talking Thank to you, you about this next week. 
I'm looking forward to I'll be back. All right. We hope that you'll all join us next time as well here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone.